Welcome to No Time to Waste, the podcast that inspires and motivates us to maximize our moments. I'm your host, Allison Haddon. I'm battling terminal cancer, but I'm focused on living my best life as my best self every day. Join me as I chat with resilient adventurers, seekers, trailblazers, and exceptionally good humans as we explore what it means to live fully because there's no time to waste for all of us. Hey guys, just wanted to let you know we've got some killer guests on deck. We've got Rich Roll, the ultra endurance junkie, vegan, wellness advocate, and podcast host. We've got comedian Chelsea Handler, who has really evolved in recent years into an activist and has her own cannabis line. Um, and we've got Jay Shetty, former Buddhist monk turned purpose coach and podcast host, whose goal is to make wisdom go viral. More are in the hopper. So subscribe if you haven't already. And if you like what you hear, please do me a solid and leave a one sentence review on iTunes. It really helps. Thass and I met years ago when she was the strategist at a big advertising agency and I was the client. We knew quickly that we were each other's people. And I'm grateful that my transparency back then helped cement the friendship that still stands today, regardless of how much time passes between our chats. After Thaz's dad was diagnosed with stage four cancer, she was forced to confront mortality a couple years back. And after losing a close friend last year also to cancer, she's developed a healthier relationship to death and dying than most, along with a deep-rooted appreciation for all the right things and a shared love of the Muppets. So here's Thaz Nasimuddin for No Time to Waste. Okay, so here we are. Let's talk about how we met. Let's talk about yes. our, like, what was our meet cute? Let's talk about it. Gosh, our meet cute was, I think it was a it was a meeting in San Francisco at your mm. previous board at Glassdoor. I think mm. we were pitching you maybe. We were just starting. We're kicking off a project with, with y'all. Um, it was yeah. a lovely day in Marin. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And you guys, of course, God, pre-pandemic, came on site. Yeah. Because why wouldn't you fly a couple people to just basically do what, easily could have been accomplished via Zoom now in retrospect. Absolutely. But then we wouldn't have been able to like form the bonds that we have. That's so correct. I, that's like, that's part of what's good about the, the weird toting ourselves around the country for work stuff is you actually get to know people and you that's actually true. have those kind of interactions. But yeah. And then we got to do, we got to go on the road together. We, we did. To, we got to do research. And talk that, was, that was the best. That was like, that was, I feel like when we basically were like, yeah, you're pretty awesome. At least yeah, I was. Like, I was like, yeah, she's, she's not your average bear. I was like, these are, these are people. I'm like, Allison, this is my people. This is, this is, and again, as an agency person, you, you don't always get cool clients and I'm not just saying that, uh, but it was, it was, I could, I always could tell that we were going to be friends and I'm glad yeah. that we remained so. <laughs> yeah. And that was a lot. That was probably like not that long ago. It was probably like 2015, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. We're probably right. That. Yeah. 15, 14, 15. But now, I mean, fast forward, you are, you have risen to the ranks. You were, we met when you were at Deutsch, yep. which is a very large advertising agency. Um, when I was at Glassdoor, and then you left Deutsch to go to Omelette. Yep. 
And then you very quickly ascended to the rise of basically queen, where (laughs) you are now the CEO. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone would call me the queen, but I, yeah, so I started at Omelette as their chief strategy officer. So in the land of advertising, um, I kind of worked on the strategy side at Deutsch and throughout my career. And as time wore on at Omelette, I then moved into the managing director role and chief strategy officer. So it just means more stuff, more responsibilities. Um, And from there, you know, a couple, a year and a half later, Past that, I became the CEO. So here we are, sitting around talking about stuff. <laughs> Bananas. And so uh, there's so many different advertising agencies out there. Like, what what's kind of the value prop for Omelette? For, for us, it's really about how we are able to utilize our independence, which is really fun and awesome. Um, I've worked for a lot of really big shops that were kind of beholden to holding companies, which are great in some ways because you have infrastructure. Um, right. That was great in other ways where it's freedom to try new things, freedom to like work with clients in different ways. Um, so a big part of our value, just how we're able to integrate with our clients and our clients' business. Uh, because we're we allow ourselves to be closer. We can also allow ourselves to be different kinds of partners that you know some agencies aren't able to, to quite support. So it's been a really fun space. And the other thing that's great about what we're able to do is we can reinvent ourselves because the industry is changing so much and so mm-hmm. fast. Uh, that we know we can't be the same thing year on year, uh, that Mm -hmm. we're forced to innovate and we're forced to change what we do. It's like, yeah, okay, now we're going to go international this year because guess what? The world's a little bit more connected and we can try things. We can try things in a different way. We can get access to more talent. World's world's a little bit more virtual now. Um, So there, we we just have the freedom to explore uh, things in a more entrepreneurial way, uh, which is fun and it's exciting. And it keeps like, I like making ads. Ads are great. But I think thinking about the business model and thinking about how that changes has been even more fun for me. Look at you. Look at you. I I remember like when we were on our little research road trip uh, in which, where where were we? Chicago? Like where did we go? We went to like Chicago and New York. Did we go to New York? We did go to New York. Basically, what Thaz and I were doing, and I didn't know anything about the ad side. I had basically just found myself in a like startup position um, at Glassdoor after I'd held other positions. Um, I was responsible for you know, everything sort of like brand strategy, brand research um, at a certain stint um, in my six-year career at Glassdoor. I had no experience producing ads. Um, and our CMO uh, and our CEO decided that it was time for us to get an ad out in the world, like a big time expensive brand ad um, for Glassdoor. And the coolest part, I, I learned so much from that process and I recognized pretty quickly that I felt like I could like be honest with Thaz and basically like like come come in front of the veil of being the client and being like, Psst, I don't really know what we're doing. I don't know any I don't know any of this. Can you tell me what's happening? Because I can give you feedback on Glassdoor, but like I don't know how to do all this stuff. Um and it was so awesome to be able to like share that and be transparent with you because the imposter syndrome is real. 
for me, this business is so much about relationships. Um, and it is about mm-hmm. just that kind of trust because that's what I want from clients. It's like, and I respect it so much more when a person can be transparent with me and be like, I don't really know what's going on right now. I'm like, cool. We don't always know either. So luckily right now I have an answer for you. I'm pretty sure that there's going to be a moment where I don't know something and I'm really going to need to lean into you. Um, So, so that's, it's the give and take of all of this. And I so appreciate that, that kind of relationship. Yeah. Anyway, I look back on that time with fond memories and knowing that you were um, just really, really sharp and dynamic and, you know, a high IQ, but also high EQ as well. Um, and I just remember being like, Thaz is fucking awesome. She's Thank the you. Best. I, I remember being like, Allison has so much energy. And I'm like, I just got to like meet her there. <laughs> How do I meet her at her velocity? Because you also are so quick-witted. And I'm like, you're so quick. I need to not lag because I got to be the agency person. <laughs> yeah, and I kind of keep that. And I think that's where, again, these kinds of relationships are so fun and such a great part of what we do. Because at the end of the day, yeah, it all manifests in an ad or TV thing or a new part of the website. It's great. But like, ultimately, what we're doing is we're fostering relationships so we can further our brands um, and give them a voice and give them a story. And that also works for our lives. Like that's a, that's, that's just part of what we're doing here is is like crafting the narratives of all of the things that are important to us. Do you feel like you've always been a storyteller? Um, I probably was. I always used to, my poor dad had to listen to my stories as a kid. Now he would just like, he would smile and nod for hours and I would just keep talking and he'd be like, all right, yeah, here she goes. Here she goes. And just quietly listen to me. I'm like, there will be no other human being that will listen to me like my father does. I know that he's been in his own cancer battle and I wanted to kind of hear that story and just hear the impact that, that the whole situation has had on you. Yeah, I mean, it was now three years ago, and you know the the routine checkups, the the colonoscopies that don't get done, uh, they get put off for too long, um, and that's definitely what had happened with him. And you know, we mm-hmm. you know we we get the results back of of stage four cancer, of stage four colon cancer, and you know, it was it there was a definite time of total. Uh, everybody was just like, no, it can't be happening. It can't be happening. He's like, I'm fine. I've been fine for so long. He's 77 years old. Um, but he's he's also been really strong. He's also spent a lot of time in hospital. So he's been sick on and off for years. Um, but thankfully, been kind of healthy. And, and you know, we we went into the, the experience being like, okay, well, it seems like it's localized. It seems like it's something that can be done. And just for context, I'm very close to my parents. They're with me right now um, throughout the through this pandemic and and it's like it's a really it's a real we've got a very close relationship so hearing something like that was you know obviously you go through all of the stages but my big stage was always like now the role is I have to take care. Like the 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 role of parent and child definitely switches. The reversal, and, yeah. and it and it's it's tough, but it's also it's also very real and it's very. I I didn't realize it would be so instinctual. Like I didn't realize it would just be like, yep, this is the way it's going to be. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. 
sorry work, I will see you in a little bit. I gotta go and deal with some things in San Diego right now. Um, and it was, you know, again, it was one of those things that the surgery went well and then all the complications came up. Um, and so it was a good month and a half in the hospital or in and out of the hospital and the outs would be a day uh, because you just couldn't, something would happen, whether it was an mm. infection or whatever. And we had these really terrifying days where we're just like, we need to go back to the hospital immediately. It's the last place he wanted to go back to. But um, right. again, it was, you know, that process and that roller coaster of of not knowing what you're waking up to every day um, as a caregiver and obviously as the person going through it. Um, I think there was also a lot of like guilt that, that mm -hmm. you know, felt for putting other people through this. And I think the my big thing has always been there's nothing to be guilty about. <laughs> there's, yeah. this, is about, this is not a moment that's about any one of us. It's about all of us um, and how, you know, me, my mom, my dad, my sister, how we work as a unit. Um, yeah. And that's where I think moments like this and when you are faced with something like cancer, it's like you you have to be able to, to find one another and find strength in like your crew uh, because right. you can't, and, 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 you know, again, we're, we're fortunate and we had that. And I remember the thing that went through my mind more than anything was, God, I wish we had, I just, I, on those bad days, I'm like, I wish we just had one more. I just had one more Christmas. I just want one more, whatever, fill yep. in the blank. Um, and, and I think it's, it's one of those experiences that you take to heart for the rest of your life. Cause you're like, wait, I don't want to have that moment where I feel like I have to ask the question. I wish I had one more. Um, I, right. we should just do that now. <laughs> we should just right. do everything that we want to do. Um, why honestly your podcast resonated so much with me um, is because it's like it, it's the most true edge that we have like there is no time to waste because it could be any of us at any time um, and you realize that again a lot of us who are fairly healthy you know going through our careers and kind of just driving forward and we're like we just keep driving the car truck and we're we're gonna get to that point um, we don't think about mortality we don't think right. about um, you know, this being finite. And I think my life, I'd spent a lot of time not of, of actually kind of going away from that and just kind of shielding that from my mind. And, and this experience made me think about it in a really tangible way, um, which I think is a gift in so many ways. Um, you know, as much as, as much as it was a horrendous experience, but that the idea of being able to have a mindset shift is the gift. You're describing exactly what I'm trying to explore personally, which is can humans really wrap their head around their mortality and like face that without having a diagnosis like mine or a tragic and sudden death? or some other traumatic event, like, is there a way to change, have people, have people confront their mortality and approach their lives differently, like you described as a result of your dad's diagnosis? Is there a way for people to get there, get to that yeah. side without those kind of marker events yeah. that most people talk about? I think just again, as as people running through their lives, we don't get those opportunities to really stop and think about everything being finite. 
And it's like, and you don't right. want, you don't want to, you don't want, like, there's like, you, you want to think that this is all endless and, and unfortunately it isn't, but I think it's like, but once you realize that it is finite, you do appreciate it so much more uh, because it means something. Yes. Every moment means something. Um, it's like, what did yeah. I do today? Like you look at the end of your day. I'm like, well, what did I do today? I'm like, I had a great chat with Allison. You know, I haven't talked to her in so long. This was like, it was great to be able to reconnect to someone. I was like, that was a great thing that happened in my day. And like, and productivity doesn't just mean I wrote three presentations, but it might mean that. And that's okay right. too. And like, totally. and that's I feel like we get really, we get really precious about the things that should be important to us. Mm -hmm. um, and some of those things can be more mundane. So they can be, they can be attached yep. to your career and you don't have to feel guilty about it. I think a lot of the time we're, we're, we're made to feel it's like you should be looking for this um, kind of more high, the, the higher purpose. And I think right. part of it is also just being purposeful in your everyday. Um, and, yes. And it's a really, it, it can be a hard thing to, to grapple with, but something that I feel like I've started to come to in the last year or so, um, just around how you live your life and how you, how you get the most out of every day. And just know that it's not always going to, like, particularly in a pandemic, like, days aren't exciting. <laughs> but then you also have to realize it's like this time, like, I what when have I ever been in Los Angeles for longer than a month? Like, I haven't done that in a decade. Um, and yeah, like I don't leave my house, but you know, it's, it's still, it's like, it's, it's great to be able to feel like you're grounded and you have to look, you have to look in gratitude for some of these really simple things. Uh, because I think all of us get, yeah. particularly when you have a big career or whatever, you're, you're looking for the grandiose moments. You're looking for like the next thrill or the next big luxurious thing or going to can right. or doing, doing some fun advertising mm -hmm thing um but really it's about something much more much more real you're preaching you're preaching the the no time to waste gospel well pretty you much know, you know you know like i'm it. giving you it's it's much easier to do that when you actually believe in it. And I think, again, I think what you're doing is so helpful because it is giving it's also language. I think that so much of this the difficulty in having gratitude or being being appreciative for the time that you have and all those things that kind of get wrapped up in like hallmarky things. But I think yeah. that the essence of it is so rooted in humanity, which is again, what I also do in my, my career is like find really human insights to help fuel mm -hmm. messages. Uh, but it's the same thing here. It's like, we, we have to stop the like, we have to stop beating ourselves up about so much of how we live our lives and just live them. Yeah. How do you, how do you, I guess, do you believe that people can come to, that people can get to this side without having gone through the things that I'm going through, the things that you've gone through with your family and your dad? I, I believe, I really do believe so. Like there's, I had a, a good friend of mine and unfortunately she, she passed in, in September, but um, she was also going through her, her own cancer, cancer kind of, and she was the strongest, most vivacious and lively young lady. Um, and she was just, and she was really great with her friends like myself and helping us find language around mortality. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and she would do it through Instagram and she would be like, mm -hmm. okay, so this is, 
this is how we we you need to start thinking about what happens after. And this is and it's okay. It's okay to have these conversations. Don't be don't be afraid to to go there. And she's you know she opened that right. door to some of us who again hadn't experienced it in the way that she had, and and really just allow people to have an open conversation. It allowed her friends to have conversations with each other about what does this actually yeah. all mean. And it's like what does you know the the, the idea that she left me with, and I'm like, I, I told her so many times, it was such a gift. We live longer in the people who love us rather than the body that builds us. And and I think that for for me, that became so important because I, I realized that like my work was also going to be centered around what my legacies were. Um, and again, like the yeah. you, you don't know where the world is going tomorrow. Um, I think COVID has taught us right. that more than ever. Um, and and it was just like, well, who who do I really care about? Like, who do I really care about relative to you know who yep. wants, who do I want to speak my name when I'm no longer here? And like, and how do I make yeah. sure that I'm important enough to them, or I'm doing enough in their world and their lives that they'll want to speak my name? Um, and and I think that perspective sort of shifted things for me. It shifts your priorities. It shifts what irks you, what gets on your nerves. Like, yeah, I'll still get annoyed about work stuff. I'll still get annoyed about things, but it passes right. quickly um, because I'm just like, at the end of the day, who do I need? Who do I want to speak my name at the end of all of this? Yeah, you get it. You get it. Um, and the whole point of No Time to Waste is trying to spread this message of, you know, having people confront their mortality without having some tragic event happen with the hope that they craft a life without regret, focused on three things that you've already touched on, gratitude, human connection, um, right, relationships, and then joy. Um, and looking at the 24 hour period is, you know, if I put my head down tonight and I look back on how I live today, if I wasn't to wake up tomorrow, like, would I be okay? Would I yeah. be like, all right, I, I, I left it all on the table, you yeah. know? Um, and I think it's really easy and understandable for most people to not think like that because it scares the hell out of them and because it's much easier to stay distracted in the tactical minutia of day-to-day -day living. And I don't blame anybody for that. Um, my hope is just like, if I can get this message out to people, you know, I, I just want to, I just want to grab the world and be like, you don't understand how good you have it. That like, I would love to, um, plug back into my pre-cancer life and um, have to deal with the the annoying things uh, related to work or, you know, friendships or family and um, not have it be clouded um, by my very real situation. Um, yeah. And I didn't know, I'm sorry about your friend passing. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that's where, but again, I, I think about the life that she led and it was short. 
Um, but it was, it was so full and she had so much love around her and she has so many people who speak on her on an everyday basis. Like there's like, and she was, she was an artist. So like her, when she, she got her diagnosis, I think like six years ago, um, she started, she went from being an advertising strategist, um, into Mm -hmm. being an artist and just kind of following her dream of that. And I have several pieces of her art in my home and, you know, I think about Megan all the time because I'm like I, I see her art I see I see her I see her spirit um, and mm-hmm. and she's like as long as you see that she's like I'm never gone and and it, to me that that means a lot like I think that there's and it's not just like tangible things but it's how a person can make you feel it's it's how she made so many of us feel about having the conversation about death like that was and she she helped foster. Yeah. That commu- and she helped foster a community around that, and and it was you know again her. It's it's interesting because her mom has taken over her Instagram, and and she just you know constantly shares mm-hmm. stuff with with us back just to is part of her healing as well. But I think also just knowing that yeah, she very much lives in in all of our hearts, and 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 again it's 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 always obviously really it's it's sad but it's also i think there's such a there's such a hope that it's given me where i'm like there is possibility for you yeah. to live in this world without living in this world um which is you know again yeah even spirituality and all of the things that we think about um about that i think that there's there's there are other elements of it that we have we have a lot of control of in this life too um mm-hmm. where it is about and of how we create, how we, how when we're even doing a podcast, doing all of these things, they they become like articles and artifacts that live in the world um, that I think are so important yep. to holding your voice for longer than any of us exist. Yeah, and uh, it's such a gift that she was able to encourage you and your and your friends to to not shy away from the topic of her impending death and. And instead, encourage you to to talk about it like freely, openly, with her behind her back, like yeah. whenever. Um, because I think the death anxiety and the 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 very real um, kind of existential terror, it, a lot of it has to do with not giving the thoughts or the feelings space to breathe and a voice. And instead we walk around as humans, like, just like, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. And as a result, we all walk around harboring these like really, really deep fears and these like paralyzing anxieties. Whereas if we were just given uh, the instruction, you know, um, and the, the education on how to talk about it and then the encouragement, yeah. Um, to do so like your friend did like Megan, you said her name was, yeah. Um, then God, I, I, I don't think we would fear it so much. Um, at least I know I, I don't, it brings me comfort when I'm able to talk about it freely with people and, and feel comfortable doing so, um, versus kind of just like sitting with my own thoughts in the middle of the night, right in bed. Cause I can't fall back to sleep. Um, like that's the worst. And and I also love how how your friend Megan like you know wanted to make sure that a part of her lived on, right? And she did that through her art. Um 
part of the reason why I'm doing this podcast is like, it's the helping people with this message and getting this out there. But it's also the idea that this is a medium and this was not my original like thought or intention because things weren't that bad then. But, you know, now it's like, well, shit, this is going to like live on beyond me. And me. And and, all. and you. Well, I don't know, unless the machines take over and then they like basically yeah, like <laughs> eliminate everything. And then we're in, like in a Terminator 3 or 4 situation or like yeah. a Matrix. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... But yeah, it's uh, every conversation I have now fills me up because of the people that I've asked to chat with. Um, But then I do think about my legacy and go, well, shit, like, this is my, this is what I'm going to leave behind. And that's what you can teach every single person who's not necessarily dealing with with something seen and finite right. to be able to recognize in their everyday, because we all have this. Like it's like whether or not it is a terminal cancer diagnosis or just living your everyday and something can happen. It's like this is part of like being able to live your life to a pl- in a place of of also radical transparency with yourself. I think is. Yeah is a really, it's raw and it's like not always comfortable or fun, but it is so essential for us as human beings to start to calm some of that anxiety that lives in us inherently um, and start to, you know, quiet some of those voices, (laughs) if you will, um, and just make us better, make make us better people in the, in the here and now, because that's all we, that's all any of us have. Um, And that's, it's like only guarantee have too is what we're doing right now and how we're treating other people. I know. What kind of, and, and that's where it does. It gives you that kind of forced uh forced acuity into like how am I am like am I treating yep. people the way that I would want to be remembered? Like if we could always go into things with that on in the back of our minds, I think we'd find ourselves in a very different yep. kind of world. And I feel like we wouldn't call everything having to do with death like morbid and dark. Yeah. Because yeah. Sometimes it's just neutral. Sometimes it's like, no, no, I'm just like telling it like it is. And then other times you can talk about death and dying and maybe it doesn't have to have so much fear around it and so much darkness. Like maybe it can be about like this is maybe this time on earth is just one chapter in a long list of lives um, or one you know or whatever step comes after this we can't wrap our little pea brains around it but maybe it's beautiful and different Mm -hmm. but but just as amazing as this physical life um what do you out of curiosity because i've been asking everybody like what do you think happens after we we die well it's like it's and it's really interesting because i was born and and raised Muslim. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there is like the idea of heaven and kind of having this other space and other world that we go into. And of course, like over the course of life that that sort of evolves and changes as you grow up. But I think the idea that there's, I think that there, I do believe that there is a space for us after this Mm -hmm. physical body. Um, And I think that, again, I, you know, again, like all organized religions, I think that there's a lot of things that get kind of lost in translation. But my belief is 
treat people well, be a decent human being and the rest of it, like, and car- karma kind of comes in and takes care of the rest of it. Um, it's not as, it's not as black and white. It's sort of a, be a generally good person and good things will happen for the rest of eternity. Um, so for me, I really do look at this as, as again, a chapter um, in what life is. Um, and that's where it's like, I want to spend that time well. I want to spend that time mm-hmm. trying to affect other people in in, in a positive way. Um, that's where I, I really love where my, I am in my career right now because I'm able to, to better foster talent, see people kind of grow into, whether it's at our agency or other places and become wildly successful. And that becomes part of the thing that I know I had like a tiny print in that legacy. I'm like, if I can make a lot of tiny prints in people's lives, um, I, that, that's all I'm You'll have a mosaic. Yeah. I'm just asking for a mosaic. I don't know. You're like, I just want to have little tiny tiles and then you put the tiles together and you're like, oh my gosh, it's like a heart. Tiny tiles. I mean, I was. Tiny tiles. Tiny tiles in the world. See, if you start singing, I start singing. I know, right? That's a, that's a shared passion. Um, and I I can't I can't end the conversation without talking about the Muppets. Yes. Let's talk you. about the Muppets. I'm wearing my also, Muppet sneaks right now. Can we talk about the fact that we are doing this interview on the day that the Muppets are now all of the Muppet show is on Disney Plus? Today the is the day it happens. Today's the day, right? I thought it was today. Oh, today is Friday. I'm like, I thought it was the end of the week. <gasps> right. It's their pure joy. I mean, I mean, I used to, oh, it's the best. They're the best. It's the absolute best. I mean, you want like pure joy. There you go. There it is. I so appreciate you taking the time to chat. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay. So if you really want to maximize your moments, you could pitch in and help us get the word out. Just rate and review the podcast on iTunes. That's it. Oh, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss future episodes and bonus content. For more motivation, head to notimetowasteproject.com or join the squad on Instagram at no time to waste project. Grazie mille. <laughs>